Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Bliss Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz, episode 405, the post-Christmas holiday edition of the Gridiron Blitz podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another two hours jam-packed. Today, we're going to have two guests in the first hour. We're going to uh, go dive into college football in the uh, post-Christmas dates here as we get into the uh, national championship. Uh, and then we're going to dive into our first interview of the night in the Monkey Night 5 huddle. And we're going to talk to uh, Lori uh, Gillis-Diaz, uh, formerly of the Las Muertes de las Cruces uh, of the WFC, uh, looking to be on the Denver Bandits of the WNFC, uh, also journeywoman all the way around uh, with the AFE International, as well as formerly with the Legends Football League. So she's done it all. Uh, so we're going to be diving into uh, Mrs. Gillis-Diaz in about 15 minutes in the uh, Monkey Night Fight Huddle. Uh, we're also going to be talking to Arturo Jimenez, that's the president of Women Football League Mexico. It is the X-League uh, equivalent of X-League of USA, very successful league over the last four or five years. Uh, we're going to be diving into him as they're breaking out in 2022. I'm uh, looking forward to see what they're going to uh, bring up for the upcoming season in the summer of 2022. So we're going to be talking to our Arturo Jimenez, uh, the president of Women Football League, uh, we'll probably be able to uh, translate some of that as well uh, in Spanish and English, so we'll do our best to do that. And then we're going to recap uh, college football 2021, college football, like I said, the bowl games in a couple minutes here. Plus, we're going to have in the second hour uh, the backseat coach, uh, Mark Simone, coming in here, giving us the lowdown on the international news, including kind of a recap of 2021 year-end recap, some of the moments from the Women's Football Alliance and the Women's National Football Conference. 2021 seasons as we get uh, ready and revved up for the 2022 seasons in the Women's Football Alliance and the Women's National Football Conference. Uh, Exciting summer coming up here all over the international scene as well with the IFAB World Championships in place. All the countries that will participate in the IFAB World Championships literally have six months to get ready for the event that's going to take place in Vanta, Finland, and that's going to be in the middle of, uh, I believe, July, in that uh, July 2022. We're also going to uh, see if we're going to get be able to kick off the transatlantic uh, tournament that was supposed to be uh, last year, but it was canceled. So we'll see if that transpires as well. So a lot of action happening overseas as well. A lot of the leagues merging, WF, uh, WFA International in, in place now uh, in most every region that we talked about in the past a couple podcasts. Um, and since we're talking about podcasts and some of the awesome guests that we've had in the podcast uh, realm, so we had, uh, you know, three, 393 was uh, Lindsay Cash. What a, a great interview she, she was. Uh, one of our top-rated podcasts for 2021. So shout-out to Lindsay if you're listening to us. Appreciate it, all of it. Uh, also, 388, Tori Petri, uh, of, formerly of the Detroit Lions uh, beat writer there. And uh, she, was, she was a great interview as well. And then we talked to the awesome uh, Grace Cooper, 
uh, of the Minnesota Vixen, 384. We also talked to uh, Coach Chris Garza and Sarah Canangelo, 383. Um, you could also go back to 370, uh, Gina Magana and Coach Rick Rasmussen. And then, of course, 375, the great Sammy Grisafi, also in the house as well. And then uh, if you want to step it up a notch, we uh, obviously had Hail Mary uh, authors, uh, Lindsay DiCarangelo is in the house at 399, including the uh, always amazing Steph Jackson for NFL Flag. So a lot of the, a lot of content over the last uh, year in 2021. Check it out. Subscribe to our podcast. Share our post. And if you're uh, enlightened to come onto uh, the podcast, always send us a message on at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Always looking forward to talking to athletes and superstars in both leagues in women's tackle football. So um, check it out. Like I said, a lot of, a lot of content, over 400 episodes, uh, and you can also listen to our big 400 reunion episode uh, when we had our former co-hosts in Kishi Free, uh, Louise Bean, Eric Brown, Erica Lynn Anderson, and Troy Wilson back. So as we uh, shine light on the historic event of the 400. So we'll dive into all that coming up here in the second hour. We're also going to dive into NFL Week 16 uh, as we kind of go back and recap that week. Uh, preview Week 17, which is going to be the playoff scenarios with the Salty One, Mackenzie Brooks, and Nate Ward, and myself. Uh, so if you don't follow us on Twitter, head over to Twitter at Grayer and Beauty on Twitter for the latest updates on women's American football and NFL news. And like I said, uh, sign up to Monkey Night Fight also if you haven't done it. Monkey Night Fight sponsor. Check it out right now. NBA, NFL, pretty much in play. Get a $5 free play, up to $100 match at monkeyknifefight.com using the code NJF. And if you're inclined for the New Year's, visit our Zazzle No Joke Football Shop for cool shirts, leggings, and gifts. Use the daily codes and save big. Zazzle.com forward slash grit iron beauties. All right. Let's dive into this college here before we bring in the talented Laurie Gelas-Diaz here for the interview. Uh, we start off on Saturday, the Tax Act Chame- uh, Camellia Bowl, Georgia State 51, Ball State 20. Uh, Georgia State turned a close game into a route with a 28-point third quarter, helping the Panthers to their first eight-win season in the history of the program. Game became the Darren Granger show. Granger had a season-high 325 yards of offense, throwing for 203 yards and three touchdowns, and adding 122 more yards and a score on the ground as Georgia State became the fifth Sun Belt team to score at least 50 points in a bowl game. So really, really awesome game. If you missed it, it was right there. You can you can replay it basically if you have DVR and go there. Monday, the Quick Lane Bowl. It was Western Michigan 52, Nevada. 24 Western Michigan's offensive line ensured a fun afternoon of football, their second ever bowl game as the Broncos rolled past Nevada 52-24. The Broncos rushed for 352 yards. They were averaging 6.8 yards per carry, and so they did a great job. Uh, Quarterback Khalib Ellaby was uh, never under serious duress, so what a great win. Western Michigan 52, Nevada 24 at the Quick Lane Bowl. That was on Monday, the 27th. As we go to the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl, Houston 17, Auburn 13. Closer game here. Houston was fortunate that Auburn was a bit more of a mess in what was an ugly win that stamped an impressive 
12-2 and season for the Cougars while dropping the Tigers to below 500 for the first time since 2012. So it's a big blow to the SEC. Houston looked like uh, the better team, particularly in the first half, but it was a sloppy seesaw game that nobody truly controlled until Auburn came up short on a fourth down attempt late in the fourth quarter when it trailed 17-13. to Neither quarterback was spectacular and was a defensive showdown. Both teams were unable to sustain drives with third-down conversions, and both of their running games were stagnant. So Houston receiver Dell, who caught 10 passes for 150 yards, continued to deliver in the clutch and shine the brightest on otherwise a dreary afternoon for Houston offense. His production helped compensate for two turnovers and a questionable decision to try a trick-pick play in the fourth quarter. Uh, Auburn's defense woke up after allowing Houston a touchdown on its opening drive, but it was also at times undisciplined. So uh, there you go. Auburn finishes the season on a five-game losing streak, completely unheard of, especially in this day and age. It's the longest losing streak since 2012. That's five straight. Um, so what what a uh, what a game there. It was really uh, down to the wire, and like I said, the defensively it was a really good game. On Tuesday, the Surf Pro first responder bowl, Air Force 31, Louisville 28. Uh, Air Force quarterback Daniels uh, just wasn't efficient on Tuesday. He was historically a really good quarterback. Daniels completed 9 of 10 pass attempts for 252, the second most by an Air Force player in a bowl game in program history with two touchdowns and no interceptions. The Falcons' 25.2 yards per pass attempt set a a, a bowl record, breaking USC's record that stood for over 90 years when the Trojans had 21.7 yards per attempt in the 1930 Rose Bowl which is pretty uh, historic. So Daniel, who averages eight pass attempts and 84.7 passing yards per game, racked up 199 in the first half, the program's most in the first half of a game over the past 15 seasons. Air Force stuck to its running game identity, but the Falcons uh, you know, put up big plays in the passing game, including two over 60 yards, catapulting them to a 28-14 halftime lead that they would never look back on. So uh, Louisville cutting... Uh, Quarterback Cunningham struggled at times, but also made enough of his clutch plays to keep the Cardinals within a field goal late in the fourth quarter. Air Force made more in all three phases of the game, which is what mattered most. So they get the win, 31-28, in a real close game there in terms of the bowl schedule. So uh, you are looking for right now, uh, the co- see, see the semifinals is coming up here. So we'll look into it on the next Podcast 406 We'll be uh, kind of diving into who's going to be in the big game at the end and who's going to be picking up. So if you're going to do pickums, you can go to monkeyandifight.com, use that code NGF, get started, get a $5 free play. You can also play college football there, uh, more or less as well. You can play NBA nightly. You can do uh, NFL uh, weekly. So uh, every you know Thursday, Saturday, um, Sunday, Monday, or the odd days this week that happen, obviously Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, which nobody's complaining because we all love football, so it's kind of easy to do. And so uh, if, you're, uh, like, if you're like me, you love football, being in the action, whether it's for, for a $5 game or a $100 game, uh, more or less makes it extremely easy to pick the players that you like to perform in the game. Lay it out cleanly. You get to decide if a player will compile more or less in certain categories like fantasy points, rushing yards, receiving yards, passing yards, receptions. When you choose a player to have either more or less in a given category, all you have to do is worry about the player's performance. You don't need to worry about game totals, 
playing against other fantasy sharks, shifting game lines, or head-to-head matchups with another player. Pick your contest with the players you like, lock in a more or less for each proposed stat line that you feel confident in, and let the good times roll and cash in, roll in. So we're going to give you a $5 free play. Just use the code NJF up to a $100 match. So check it out right there. That sounds fun and easy, doesn't it? So go to Monkey Knife Fight and check it out. All right, we're going to be talking to uh, the talented Lori Aguilas-Diaz right now in the Monkey Knife Fight huddle. It's the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Knife Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, uh, Lori, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? No, no problem. I, how was your uh, Christmas so far? Uh, it was great. All my family from Paris came, uh, and my in-laws too. So we had a full house of people, so that's how I like it. So it was great. It was kind of a, having right. a football team Did you have matching pajamas? <laughs> was, everybody was doing matching pajamas this year, I think. Yes, we did that. <laughs> yes, to <laughs> time, but it, it turned out okay. It was fun. What about you? It's kind of fun. It's, it's cool to have the matching pajamas. So it's it's kind of hard to get everybody to buy the same stuff, but uh, but it's kind of cool and fun. Um, Laurie, uh, you have experienced uh, international ball with AFE. You've obviously been a journeywoman, uh, Legends Football League before that, uh, and you obviously play flag as well. And so, um, Laurie, t- tell us a little bit about your experience, uh, you know, shifting from state to state to go to another team because not all our players do that, you know, because of expense and things like that. I have to say, like, uh, for any women's sports, kind of like uh, something I would have never imagined doing. And the fact that we had the opportunity to start doing it and kind of, um, you know, I'm not going to say the thanks to COVID, but it's one of the aspects with that when things stopped with COVID, we kind of were able to move around and walk um, um, remotely with Zoom. So we were able to go with walk playing for New Mexico and stay there multiple days. And so it was amazing. And after it opened up opportunities to see that, hey, it's possible, you know, with the right sponsor and a team that, you know, tried to help you out to make it happen. And I think, you know, um, Candice Avalos and uh, Billy Avalos uh, brought even more players, like from Mexico and everywhere. And I think it opened up our eyes and like, hold on, we can do it. There's always a way. When you really want to do something, you you can do it. So we, we were lucky that, like I said, you know, Coach Avalos and the team were great in finding sponsor and, and, and again, you know, we were able to work from anywhere. So, so it worked out great. So the experience was amazing. The team, the bond was, was a fun experience. And with the AFE, well, work, you know, playing internationally, it's, uh, it's always um, great memories, amazing time. Uh, FE is kind of a different experience, right, Laurie? It's more like uh, giving back. You're going for a game. It's a little vacation, but uh, it's kind of bundled all in one. So I think that's why it's intriguing for a lot of players. Yeah, it's um, so like uh, Coach uh, Glossandro say, you know, there's only only one way to do it, and it's what? Together. And they really carry that over everything. It's not just about the game. It's when you get there, they create uh, the real meaning of football, which football, there is no one player that is no importance. It's you as weak as your weakest player. And they do it 
in and out the field. So they create a bond from day one, you know, when you are in the conference room. And also they show you that you have to give to community because it's like in the game, you give, you take, you know, and, and you learn not just about, you know, like uh, with the amazing coaching staff, but you learn also like he put a PowerPoint presentation about, you know, how um, to, to speech or to have a speech or to be in public or things that uh, in life are important. And so every time mm-hmm. you go to an AFE event, uh, you come back like uh, and rich and full, you know, with the experience like in the community and you know like helping or doing camps or going to a, um, um, you know, in the place where there's abused women and things like that or uh, the Sarah Switzerland handicap. Uh, it's just like you come back with so much emotion that it's not just football but also you create a new family every single time. So the, the networking and, and the friendship is just priceless. Laurie, you got a, a baby, and so it kind of hits home as a mom, right, in a lot of ways. As parents, you get to see less fortunate kids out there, and you go to see these, these kids that obviously have lesser things than you would do, you know. Um, but it, it just, you know, it's, like, it's kind of like a reality check, right? What's, it's it's is it, it's bigger than football, right? It's it's life. We got to make sure that oh, you know, we try to take yeah. care of each other and things like that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when we went to Honduras, I mean, you see um, a kid that just like they see you as heroes, and and you give them, you know, your glove, and they cry. And I mean, it hit home that when you come back, you just you know a little bit more. Um, 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 more humility because you realize that we get so much, you know, that, that's kind of like you, you. So when you see that, yeah, it makes, it's, it's a slap to reality, but at the same time makes you even appreciate more, the little things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Laurie, you played in the X League or Legends Football League or Lingerie Football League, which is kind of like a I different did. version of flag in some ways, um, you know, in terms of an arena style. Um, a lot of the players really like a, the eight on eight format. Uh, obviously, you know, not the attire. That's not what they what they appreciate. But the the sport itself is a concept sport. You know, the eight on eight or seven on seven. It's a lot faster game, so it, it really gets you know fans involved in that sense. Um, so you played both both styles. Do you still prefer elevens over the seven or the eights, or do you just you you know you, it doesn't matter at this point? I I prefer eleven because of the development you know, of the strategy or, like, when development of the um, – the 8 on 8 is fun, like you said, the speed and, and uh, it's violent, which I like that. I'm not – you know, I like to hit and I like that. But um, I like 11 in terms of the strategy and the longer field. And also I felt like when we play LFL, it was going so fast. So mm-hmm. if you don't score right away, it's really hard to come back and win. So, so that was kind of frustrating. But uh, – I like I like both aspects, but definitely prefer eleven on eleven. Uh, Laurie, what made you come to America? And you know, obviously, family and husbands and you know, relationships and things like that make you come over. But uh, were you ever involved in football in this way back home or where you grew up? Um, no, not at all. I don't know. I mean, when I came here, I didn't know anybody. I came with two luggage and. Uh, I was really coming for the American dream, but not in football. I mean, Ameri- not the American football, but, you know, French, European football, soccer. So sure. I was always, 
uh, soccer player. I played for PSG, Paris Saint-Germain in France. And, you know, I watched that uh, Bennett like Beckham movie. And from that, I, I had in mind that I want to go to America. I want to play one year. I want to be a superstar. <laughs> you know, I want to, yeah. you know, learn the most and, and play with all those, you know, amazing players. And that's, I, um, I did some videos and sent it to a bunch of D1 and D2. And at 23 college, they were interested. And, and um, I had a full-ride scholarship. And when I came to America... I didn't even know football was a possibility for women. And true story, I was in Walmart buying my first um, football, you know, like a really cheap um, <laughs> football. And I was throwing it with my friends in the Walmart and catching it. And this guy came and he was the back in the days, the head coach from the Kentucky Karma. And he told me, you got good hands, you should come try out, you know, try it next week in Kentucky. And then I was in India and I'm like, what for a woman he's like yeah so I showed up met the team and I was like wow I love it that's a sport that I never played before and it's 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 all about everything I love because I I did kickboxing I did soccer I mean I touched every sport but you know never football I was so interested by it and I'm like it seems like a super fun game so I started looking up at every team around it and tried for every team and and I made all the team, but I, I love the Central Slam. I felt like, you know, it was uh, one of the best team, the bond right away, the professionals, the, um, mm-hmm. that energy. And I made the right choice because we won the Super Bowl and I played with them seven years and, and um, I have lifetime friendship. Now, like, we travel together still. And so it was, it was, it was great. So that's how I fell yeah, in love with the sport. The and then I came up. Very very historic franchise in the WFA. It's uh, one of the well, the first champions in the WFA, so it goes back a long tradition. You know, when you play for the Slam, right. it's a tradition, championship tradition for for the most part. Every every season that they've participated, they're either in the playoffs or close to that championship. Mm-hmm. So, um, Laurie, uh, did you you sh- mm-hmm. you've shifted a lot, right? Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, you've gone a long way. Now, now you've settled in Wisconsin, probably right? right? Is it correct? For Denver, the Bandits. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm saying, you, are you still living out of Wisconsin at this point? Yes, Wisconsin. I was used to live in Indiana, and I committed to play in St. Louis. I moved to yeah. Wisconsin, played for Chicago, Madison, uh, New Mexico. From you know being Chicago, and and next year Denver Bandits. So, yeah, I'm seeing all the Laurie, culture. Because La Muerte is not playing this season, is that what made you your decision to go to Denver at this point? Um, so um, at this point, it was kind of like uh, random. Uh, Tori Tagoa was doing, going to a tryout and some of my La Muerte friends, uh, too, oh, okay. and they were like, come on, come come try out to the Combine. And the ticket was 60 bucks, and I haven't seen them in a while. I'm like, I'm coming to the weekend to have fun, but I didn't really, really plan to play for them. I was just going to show up, and I was, um, I was really uh, um, impressed by the way they, uh, they were, they were ending the whole thing. It looked so professional, the talent, the coaching staff, everything felt right. And and after I talked to my other friend, I'm like, hey, you gotta check out that team. They they have it. 
they have it. It's going to be good. I'm, I think I'm up for them. My friend was like, what? Okay, let me check this out. Um, yeah, so now a bunch of us from La Muerte are going to play for the bandits. Watch now, out, we're Laurie, coming. Uh, <laughs> the excitement from last season to uh, the upcoming season, it's really high, especially for Denver. The addition of, you know, La Muerte players uh, to Denver, that's like a bonus, right, for the coaching staff? Because if you take some of the key players from La Muerte, including yourself and other of the key players, I mean, that's just going to benefit them tremendously, especially in the Western Conference there in the WNFC. Uh, but I, I think your play on the field is like nobody thinks you can hit because you're so tiny and skinny and, and all that. Nobody even thinks that you <laughs> can be a, such a deadly weapon. But uh, I've seen some of your highlights, and you're more of a torpedo than anything. And so, uh, so you can hit. <laughs> well, I like to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, you're right. I think a lot of people uh, um, underestimate me, and for me, it's it's good. Underestimate me as much as you want. <laughs> but even this last year, it was funny because uh, we missed some player, and they told me like, "Hey, French, you gonna play the end?" I'm like, "The end? Okay, <laughs> I got it. I got it, coach." And I had a blast. I had a total blast. I'm, I'm, I don't care. You can put me as anywhere you want. Maybe not on the line, but if you put me on the line, I'll, I'll do it. I just love football. I love the contact. I love the intensity. So as long as I'm in the field, I'm, I'm happy. I play whatever. I, I like, you well, know, offense and defense, but I love defense. I love to hit. So, when, you know, I, I play offense, no problem, but, but defense is, is definitely my thing. It's because you're crazy. That's what I've been told by a lot of people. You have to be crazy to play on defense, right? You, yeah, offense I think it's doesn't true. afford you that. Offense is where you get punished. <laughs> you want to be a punisher. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know what? I have the punisher sign on my on my car, so it must be true. <laughs> no, but I that's a lot the of players, of a lot of players have the same sentiment you do. They they love defense for some reason. Yeah, I mean, defense, you can mean every place. You know, offense, I mean, you know, of course, it's 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 also also what I – there's something about defense. The squad is like, you know, with the hit squad. We, we're like, when someone did something, everybody's pumped up. Offense is more disciplined, is more chill, is more, like, focused, more quiet in the huddle. Like, that's not me. I like to pump it up. I'll, I'll talk shit. I'll be like, you know, I'm – I'm the one that'd be like, um, yeah, jumping around. And even if, I, if it's not me, it was, I'm just celebrating more than the other person. <laughs> and I was not even be them at the tackle or the interception. I'm just hype and, and I, I just love my, my team will succeed. Well, Laurie, I, I know you're not talking smack out there. There's, I don't see you as that type of player, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, but you know, I keep it fun. I don't keep, you know, I don't yeah, talk yeah. smack like I'm not an insulting player. I just, I just sure, like, sure. oh, you think you're going somewhere? I got, I'm on your ass all day. Just wait, I got to, you know. I feel like just, you know, just be right here. I know what you're doing. I know where you're going. Or like, you know, even with the AFC when we when we practice, you know, I love that. So I'd be like, um. <laughs> Fans, but always in a good spirit, and it's ma- I think it's making more fun for me at least. <laughs> and I think it's sometimes also it's it's psychology because when you when you see her or you know quarterback and and you tell them oh you can do slant huh? and and they're like shit 
You know, like if you have one chance, they probably do a slant, a post, going out. Like so, you say, I know you're gonna have to cross right now. You gotta cross. I'm gonna cross with you know your mom and whatever. It's, you know, they're like, oh shit, she knows, and they start like thinking, and they're getting in their head. So it's more like it's a game. It's all it's all about the game and the fun. And, but you know, I'm the nicest person after, like you know, and I'll shake hand if somebody like of the other team got a great catch. You know, I'll shake hand. I'll be like, the amazing catch, good job. You know, and then center right after I'll be talking shit. <laughs> it's just it's the nature you know, of the feeling, especially in game banter, right? In game banter is the best because you you got to intimidate or you got to make somebody really make a play, right? Especially if you're shutting people down, it gets frustrating. And on defense, it always gets interesting when you're, like, shutting a whole offense down. That's a kind of a, an, an exciting moment for everybody to have a, you know, try to get that zero, and everybody's frustrated on the other side. And when you know their plays come in and you know what play they're coming, it's just it's frustrating. But uh, defense is the place. Absolutely. That's what I've been told by a lot of players, you know. They, they fall in love with yeah. it once they go on defense. Linebacker, cornerbacks, you know, safeties. Uh, if you're cocky, you're mostly a safety. Because you're talking smack all the That's time. That's what Hopefully I am. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? I'm That's what I'm talking about. Yep, yep. <laughs> you right? You, you know your spot, yeah. You're intimidating by, like, by verbiage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, you, get a, you, you can't talk if you don't, you know, follow up with action. So, sure. I mean... Yeah, I I will do a I have a good game. I'll, I'll you know I'll shut up. I gotta be honest. <laughs> but mostly you know it's also to pump me up, you know because it's uh, it's challenge me. Because you know when you talk crap, you gotta back up yourself. So that's why I sometimes I do it because I'm like, well, if I say that, I better <laughs> I better get that person and you know and and do my job and make sure that that person's gonna have a hell of a bad game. Yeah, no, you got you got to really be able to shine. If you're if you're you know if you're talking smack, you got to be able to shine. Um, Laurie, nice. you also do fitness. You're you're into that mode where you're maintaining your body. You know, uh, uh, helping people out with, you know, getting to a fitness level and things like that. So, uh, I know a lot of people. You know, when they see you, they're like, this is kind of like, you know, real tiny person. But overall, your muscle tone and everything else is is attributed obviously to what you do off the field. Yeah, 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 no, that's so important. I mean, I mean, um, in any sport, if you don't do that, first uh, you get injured, and secondly, mm-hmm. I mean, if you wanna, if you wanna get at your best, you you gotta walk outside. I mean, that's why I tell my son is like, he's little, he's six, you know, he just turned six, but I'm already trying to explain him the concept. Like everything in life doesn't come to you. You gotta work for it, and people are work outside more. That's why you know they succeed more. So. In a concept, if you if if you can't do it, you gotta practice. You gotta work outside more than the people that have you know that actual talent or whatever. Like, but there's always a way, and that way it's simple. It's like you 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 walk, you learn, you you practice, you try again, mm-hmm. you you fail, you back up. So no, the fitness aspect is uh, um, I think you know also that's something we need to do more in women's football. I think. Um, uh, that we're getting more and more professional in every aspect. When you think that uh, from when I started to now, I mean, not, we we playing real skill. We have uh, the key, the commentators. We have the numbers. We have like, uh, but uh, I think some of the women need to keep in mind that also 
we get to act like professional and do that fitness work on the side because we can't be taken seriously if we don't uh, show that we're in shape and we play great. And I think that's the – I love the Dorian NFC because the level of players and the seriousness in all the players is, is what I love. Like, you see, you know, like the, the players, they sacrifice – and they like me, they're moms, so they sacrifice time. Uh, sacrifice, sure. you know, some of their job and things, and they they walk out on on the side, and and that's that's why I love that. It's it's such uh, so important part of the game. I mean, every game. And it's very tough to juggle, you know, because if you got one kid, it's hard. When you got three kids, uh, you know, you got a spouse, you got other family issues. You know, it just the environment outside of football is not like, you know, an NFL player where they only have to worry about their day job, right, in that sense, and this is what you get paid right. for and this is what you have to strive for. But, uh, you know, in, in the tackle, in, in the women's tackle scene, uh, there's a lot of intangibles that have to come into play to make everything correctly and then to make it, you know, even to make it the game day sometimes it's, it's a struggle, right, because you got your day job, you got your intangibles that happen there, your livelihood. So it's just a lot of uh, things that you have to juggle a lot more to do it. Um, but it's just finding the right team. You know, there's a lot of teams that have really good structure. There's a lot of teams that have really good uh, discipline structure and uh, teammates helping out and everybody kind of pitching in and making it happen And because they know it's for the greater good, you know, to make the team a lot more successful, uh, to get the end goal yes. of what you need and things like that. So uh, it always works out in some ways. Uh, if you're on a really good, solid team that has really good structure, um, that always works out really good. Um, Laurie, where do you think at this point in your career – uh, you got one year left, two year left, or are you gonna be a mad woman and just until your bones brittle? <laughs> well, um, I won't. Maybe this year might be the last one, and after that, I will do some AFE events and stuff. But this year, I want to make it count. Like you know, I want to get off with the sure. ring, and I think the band is not. I think I'm sure the band is the right team, and we're gonna make it happen. You're gonna see the roster coming up, and you'll be amazed. <laughs> we're gonna have a, a really killing squad plus we have the coaching staff with it and like you were talking about the structure and you know that that football culture is there like um yeah i think the league is needs to be be paying out to the bandit this year because it's it's about to make an impact it was a disappointing season for the bandits because you guys la muerte edged them out they could have probably made the playoffs right so they're a little hungry. They're a little hungry. Yep. They're a little bitter, you know, and they really want to get to that top five ranking in the WNFC to make the playoffs. They really want to be a staple franchise just like you have, you know, the elite franchise. You have the Utah Falcons, the you know, all these other uh, San Diego Rebellion. So, I mean, I mean, Denver is really working towards that goal, you know, to be at that top level, to to be mentioned as one of the top teams in the WNFC. And I think that's – you know, you got to give credit to the coaching staff, um, obviously the players, some of the veteran players that are there. So it's just a matter of, you know, can they put it together, as your point is, can they put it together to really penetrate to go towards that nine-cup goal? Yeah, like you said, you know, they were, you know, like right there. Like I think um, we were their first game. I mean, uh, honestly, they had, they had a great game, but they had a few mistakes that caused them, and that's why we won the game. But uh, when you watch them at the end of the season, I mean, they they make great adjustment and that team is, mm-hmm. you know, phenomenal. So they deserve to be. So I mean, 
sad, but I'm not going to have any regret that we passed in front of them. But, um, but I, I know they deserve to be in the playoffs. And this year, um, they are, like, ready to go. And on top of that, like, they learned from last year. And like you said, they have, like, vets and rookies that are, like, phenomenal. Plus, on top of that, you know, like, the coaches are, like, um, on point and they have a, a master plan. So, yeah, there's no doubt that uh, this year it's going to be a uh, – just, just wait and see. <laughs> I won't talk too much. Yeah, I know, uh, I know talking but to, I have uh, no doubt. Megan Lewis, talking to Megan Lewis, talking to Christian London. Uh, I mean, they're focused. You know, they're just, they were just one or two games away from being in the, being in the dance. You know what I mean? So one or two yeah. games away is not a big deal for them. They, that's really what it mattered to them. It was, like you said, a couple plays here and there. They would have shifted that, and they probably would have been in that conversation for the playoff run. So they know, you know, they knew, uh, talking to them, they knew what – you know, what they had not done to get there, you know? Yep. So they they realize that. They know where they got to work at and, and to try to get yeah, better at and, and try to get that motion. And, you know, great coaches, you know, they adjust. And when you look at one, I mean, as a player from the outside, when you look at the game, they, they adjust well, you know, they during the, the season. So knowing that now they have that full season, looking to those games and going forward, like, um, and with new players on top of that, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be great. So, Larry, uh, I really appreciate you making the time coming on today. Um, what do you think about uh, what the WNFC has done so far in terms of the one season, two seasons, uh, no forfeits for the year? That was really exciting. You know, your your family getting to watch you on every stream, uh, you know, format. Uh, I think that was kind of, you know, an exciting thing for everybody. But uh, I, my feeling right now is some of the shifting of the teams. We've got new teams, new franchises. Uh, they're being vetted annually uh, because I think we really, at the end of the day, uh, we really want to be like the WNBA. You know, if we want to be taken serious and we want serious money put into this sport and obviously ultimately pay the players, uh, you know, the teams have to be serious. The ownerships have to be serious about it. And I think that's a benefit to a lot of players in this league that, you know, you're getting – uh, taken care of in a way where uh, you weren't taken care of before. Yes. Yeah, you said it all. I think, you know, they they, they're, um, they have uh, high expectations and they put the standard really high. And that's good. That's that's the way, you know, if you want uh, quality, you don't expect less. If you want to succeed, same thing, you expect less. Mm-hmm. So it pushes everybody to go to a real level. And it, push, and it also makes everybody take us more seriously and they're putting the time effort and RJ is you know obviously doing a tremendous job in talking to people and getting out there and making things move I mean can you can you believe we're being sponsored by Adidas and like you said we can be watched everywhere and have commentators commenting on games like you know for any women's sports you know it's you know it's you don't really see that so uh, sure. I can't wait to see in, in the future where, where it's going to be, but um, I think we'll be, like you can tell even with the coaching staff in the NFL, when we have like uh, some ex-players I know um, being coaching in the NFL and being taken seriously. or So we being put more like the women's thing, put more in the football uh, area like in uh, forward. So, 
So I think 10 years from now, or maybe five, um, like you say, I'll be probably to the WNBA level or hopefully more. We deserve more. <laughs> I think it's going to get to a, a stage where somebody's going to see real benefit. You know what I mean? That's the bottom line, where sponsors see benefit, return on investment. Um, that's where we need to get to. And then uh, obviously the product being streamlined and being efficient, it makes makes a lot of sense. So, um, Laurie, do you think internationally – uh, players internationally like yourself, you think a lot of the international players are watching the WFA and the WNFC and what their moves are and, and really making that uh, you know, six-month commitment to come over for the, for the eight-week season? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, for the Bandits, we have, like, two girls coming from Australia. We have um, one girl coming from Brazil, uh, two girls considering from Mexico. And last year, same thing, you know, for New Mexico, we had uh, four girls from Mexico, I think, you know, it's it's starting to be um, um, a lot of people from seeing the WNFC everywhere, they they see that that's where we need to be. Like, you know, as a player from everywhere, they, we need to join that league if we want to be in the right spot. And um, because this, I think, is the highest um, league in the world. It is. I think in visibility purposes, they've done a good job with their streaming, uh, uh, you know, partners. And I really think that's the benefit. Uh, I think San Diego did a really good job the first year when they streamed all their games with their own money, yeah. which was really impressive. And now the, you know, the league is doing it, you know, doing it league wide. And then uh, Vire, Vire really is in a, you know, a really nice platform. I mean, it's kind of like a, Kind of like a nice partnership, right? Vire's brand new, WC brand new. It's kind of like a, a growth by both, and it's benefiting both. Yeah, exposure on one side and benefiting them as well in terms of a broadcaster. So it's a good marriage in, in that sense to do it. Um, Laurie, you you think uh, the excitement for 2022? We're here. We're already. I mean, what we got a, a week to New Year's uh, for us. You know, they cover both leagues. Uh, we are just giddy to look at the schedule because we want to just take a peek at, like, what's going to be the rivalries and, and you know, yeah. where's Frenchie going to be and who's she going to be attacking. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> Wherever is needed, I'll be there. Um, yeah, the the schedule, can't wait. I can't wait. I mean, it doesn't matter to me because, you know, like um, – it, it's just uh, as soon as we get the schedule, it's more like okay, well let's start looking at films and let's start working. But uh, but yeah, we can attack. Uh, you know, there's no like oh this is a good team, this is a bad team. No, you never look at a team that way anyway. So so it doesn't matter of the schedule. Like you could even if it's Texas, let's go. That's that's let's, let's be ready. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I can, you I gotta get to through, uh, get through the rebellion. You gotta get through. Uh... The Falcons, uh, out west, mm-hmm. it's, out west is really you know how you know how how intense it is. Uh, you guys were there with La Muerte. Out west is brutal, just to get out of the west. It's, yeah, not to say not to say the east is any less, but to get out of the west, there's a lot of teams to get out of the west. You got San Diego, uh, Seattle had a down year. Oregon, if if their running back had not gone down, probably a different you know picture. Uh, Denver, you know one or two plays. Could have been in the playoffs. Nevada, uh, you know, Las Vegas, basically, you know, jumping from the first year to the second year and being relevant. Um, you know, La Muerte, standing out in the first year as well. So 
There's a lot of, you know, the West is really mixed with the dog. It's more of a dog fight I, in, in my senses right now for the last year. And I think it was tough to get in and out because you're, you're really playing, you know, every game matters. And I think that's, that's what makes it's, it's making the league uh, stand out that way where every, every game matters. Yeah. And that's why I, I wanted to stay with the WNC because I, um, I don't, you know, I never liked playing a game where, you know, you beat a team like fifty zero. What's what's the reward? What's the what's the feel? What's yeah. the intensity? What's the that's not fun. I wanna like the game we play against Dallas, and I I was playing both way, and I'm I never I'm never tired. I mean, not that to say that, but normally I'm you know fresh and and I was in the locker room, lay on the floor. You could have taken my jersey and just throw it on the wall. It would have stick. You know, it was, just, it was so yeah, hot yeah. and, and sweaty, going huh? both ways. Wow. And, and it was the fight. It was just the fight. Every play was a fight. You know, every play sure. was just like, and, and all their players are, are monstrous. And <laughs> what I mean is like, they're big, they're strong, they're great. So it was, it was great. We lost. I was frustrated. But I can't wait to play it again because, you know, I think I was not prepared to have that amount of talent across me. And now that's why I'm like even working harder this year, and because I, I, I don't like losing, and I don't like you know losing a lot, so I'm ready. So I just love the fact that you know this is a challenging league, and these amazing players, you know that that makes you go and wants to go harder and better. All right, Laurie, thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it. Have a happy new year. I uh, appreciate you uh, making the time for me, especially during this holiday season. And I hope you had a good Christmas. Looking forward to you shining uh, in Denver as a bandit in 2022. So anticipating the schedule to come out. But uh, looking forward to Frenchie to getting some, some hits. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It was an honor, you know, to be in your show. And I really appreciate what you do for us, women's football, and, you know, promoting us out there and getting so much interest from it's it's awesome so thank you for that and no problem. happy new year and for, uh, hopefully uh, and i'll talk to you soon playing in the playoffs play <laughs> yeah we'll see thank you, you in the so playoffs much, that's what you Oscar. said to me i'm gonna, i'm going to take note of it on this on my notes frenchy said bandits playoffs so no pressure bandits oh for sure for sure frenchy says see you in the playoffs <laughs> have a good night not have quotes, a great one. Of the t- <laughs> Have a good night. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys. Uh, that was Lori uh, Gillis-Diaz, uh, former La-, La Muerte de los player, now going to be on the Denver Bandits. So really, really awesome player. Uh, let's go into our second huddle. We're going to be talking to the talented Arturo Jimenez Ortega, president of the WFL. It's the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes. Featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Hola, Arturo. ¿Cómo estás? Uh, gracias por hacer el tiempo a uh, nuestra podcast. Hola, Oscar. ¿Cómo estás? No, muchas gracias a ti por la oportunidad y un gusto poder estar aquí con ustedes. Arturo, este, estamos anticipando uh, la, la temporada 2022 y... Hemos cubrido tu liga casi como tres años corriente en eh, parte de nuestro, uh, you know, platforms y nuestra, nuestras páginas en el Facebook y, y Instagram y Twitter. Um, 
¿Qué nos dices de la liga? Eh, eh, ¿Cómo empezó y, y, y al estado que está ahorita? Pues antes que nada te agradezco mucho por este apoyo durante estas últimas tres temporadas que me comentas y ojalá puedan seguirnos apoyando ya que son parte importante del crecimiento de la liga. Eh, te cuento rápido, realmente la liga como tal arrancamos en 2015, o sea que ya podemos hablar que llevamos siete años en esto del fútbol americano en esta modalidad. Desafortunadamente las últimas dos temporadas, pues por cuestiones de salud, no hemos podido tener temporada, pero efectivamente estamos trabajando ya para poder arrancar la temporada 2022. Eh, esperamos arrancar la temporada a finales de mayo. No, Arturo, teniendo mucho este uh, mucho tiempo para organizar uh, los cambios de cover y todo eso, uh, prevenió to uh, no nomás a, a ligas de ustedes, pero todas las ligas en México, pero uh, ¿cómo estás uh, anticipando algo de cambio, especialmente con you know, la, la nueva versión de Omegran y de algo de lo que van a cerrar todo o no vas a poder agarrar este canchas para, para jugar juegos están anticipando todo eso ahorita eh, pues desafortunadamente tenemos estas cuestiones en estos momentos lo importante aquí es trabajar para poder tener plan A un plan B de acuerdo a cómo se vayan presentando obviamente lo más importante siempre ha sido cuidar la salud de todos los miembros de WFL tanto jugadoras coaches staff y el público que nos acompaña. Entonces, siempre vamos a seguir las indicaciones gubernamentales, las indicaciones oficiales, para cumplir con ellas. Pero creo que sí, también nosotros dentro del campo debemos de tener un poquito más de cuidado para el trato en las jugadoras, el qué hacer antes de un entrenamiento, sanitizar todo el equipo, sanitizar a las jugadoras, tomar temperaturas, realizar pruebas cada cierto tiempo para estar seguros de que nuestras jugadoras están sanas. Y así también ellas pueden estar tranquilas de que sus familias están bien. Muy bien. Uh, Arturo, la, la, la liga ha crecido mucho de, de, en, en los equipos. Uh, tienes Estás jugando en diferentes estados. Uh, Saltillo viene siendo uno de los mejores estados eh, en caso del de, de, de programa con los V-Queens. Uh, también tienes este you know, los, los programas con los uh, Red Devils. So hay, hay ciertos este, este, este equipos que han hecho buenos este, penetración en visibilidad sobre social media, uh, hacen bueno con sus cuentas en, 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 en todas las me medias sociales. So, ¿Es requerido por la uh, por la por la, este, la liga o es algo individualmente por, de cada miembro? No, este, mira, no ha sido un trabajo fácil, si nos ha seguido a través de los años. En México no es tan sencillo, a lo mejor como en Estados Unidos, ya que en México pues todo el apoyo y todos los campos son para el fútbol soccer. Entonces, sí ha sido un tema uh -huh. complicado el que nos puedan tomar en serio, en que se den cuenta que es una liga seria, que estamos tratando de hacer las cosas lo mejor posible para brindar una opción a las niñas que les gusta el fútbol americano y que quieren participar en un torneo serio. Entonces, no ha sido fácil, y pero definitivamente equipos como los que mencionas han estado con nosotros desde un inicio, son equipos pioneros, tanto Big Queens como Red Devils, y puedo sumar también a Rangers de Mérida, son equipos que han uh -huh. estado con nosotros desde el 2015, entonces podemos hablar de equipos que ya tienen cierta experiencia en la liga y con la cual creo que hemos podido ir creciendo todos poco a poco para que nos tomen en serio, para que no únicamente se vea como un espectáculo de un día, sino que realmente puedan seguir la temporada y puedan seguir el desarrollo tanto de las jugadoras como de los equipos. Uh, Arturo, en la liga de los Estados Unidos la ha, se ha modificado en diferentes versiones. Tú has, esta, tú has estado casi en, lo, en los mismos estados 
entre desde el 2015 uh, la liga en Estados Unidos ha, ha modificado ha cambiado este es el año que va a ser diferente uh, ha, ha sido muchos coches que yo hablo con ellos en los Estados Unidos eh, están recubriendo de tus atletas en tu liga que es algo de un honor no Sí, claro, para mí es súper importante que se empiecen a dar cuenta que efectivamente en México hay talento. La verdad es que las mujeres son muy dedicadas, muy dedicadas a crecer, a trabajar, a entrenarse tanto dentro como fuera del campo, y al final eso se ve en el desarrollo en el campo. Entonces sí, definitivamente muy orgulloso de ya varias niñas de nuestros equipos que actualmente pertenecen o van a estar jugando en equipos de Estados Unidos, pero creo que simplemente es cuestión de trabajo y que se nos dé la oportunidad de voltearnos a ver y de seguir trabajando para, ¿por qué no más adelante pues poder hacer algo juntos? ¿Van a tener este algo de contrato con alguien para uh, este hacer live stream o van a hacer los, las mismas las mismas equipos, van a hacer su propio live stream como hicieron uh, años anterior con el Facebook Live? De acuerdo, también ha sido un tema complicado también para las televisoras que había ya ciertos uh -huh. acercamientos con la liga, pues muchas de ellas tuvieron que parar por el tema COVID. Entonces, uh -huh. tal vez durante esta temporada 2022 vamos a seguir haciendo transmisiones por medio de los equipos, pero sí estamos haciendo como un compromiso el tratar de que todos los partidos por lo menos puedan ser transmitidos por Facebook Live, porque realmente uh -huh. creo que ya se lo debemos al público, a la gente que cada vez está más interesada en esto y la manera de llevárselos es que puedan ver nuestros partidos. Arturo, ha habido muchas ligas que nosotros hemos cubrido y, y decidimos no cubrir por razones, uh, por, you know, sexistas, uh, de diferentes uh, métodos de abuso, uh, cosas de que pasaron internamente en la, en la organización, o la liga no es seriamente, eh, que la, los fanáticos no la toman seriamente. ¿Tu liga ha, ha estado en ese estado también o es algo que has trabajado duro para no, you know, traer como drama, como dices? Mira, desafortunadamente tenemos que aceptar que eso es una realidad. Eh, como bien te digo, no está en mi punto el poder hablar mal de otras ligas o de otras personas. Creo que ustedes pueden darse cuenta del trabajo de cada quien. Pero sí, definitivamente tenemos que cuidar mucho lo que estamos haciendo. Tenemos que cuidar mucho el respeto hacia la mujer, el respeto hacia nuestras jugadoras. Y yo creo que esa es la base principal para que se pueda dar todo lo demás. Sí, efectivamente hay que trabajarlo, hay que trabajarlo como liga, hay que trabajarlo como equipo. Y creo que es un punto importante que hemos tratado de cuidar siempre, de que simplemente el bikini es un uniforme. Pero de resto, para nosotros son jugadoras de fútbol americano que se preparan y se entrenan para jugar bien un partido de fútbol americano, para dar un buen espectáculo de fútbol americano. El resto es únicamente uniforme. Y creo que nosotros tenemos que cuidar eso y tenemos que pedirle a ustedes que también no se haga más énfasis en eso, sino en desarrollar el fútbol y el fútbol americano. Desafortunadamente, cuando otras ligas, otros equipos, hacen este tipo de actividades que tú mencionas, pues nos hacen quedar mal a todos. Sí, no, eso por eso hablo, porque ha, ha habido muchas ligas en, 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 el, en el pasado que nosotros hemos eh, cubrido y de, de repente decimos, no vamos a cubrirlas porque no tienen este algo en la organización, no es parte de la federación, uh, no tienen sí. los equipos, este, algo de equipo, you know, de organización para la comunidad, you know, todos los, todas las cosas de que uh, pueden ser eh, no diferente como el, uh, equipos equipados, pues la organización sí. debe estar estricta, tiene que tener sus reglas, uh, todos estos es, es factores se supone. Simplemente creo que tenemos que ser honestos, yo estoy de acuerdo que hay diferentes, hay, hay que respetarlos todos, 
Simplemente uh -huh. creo que deben ser honestos. Si son únicamente un grupo de coaches que quieren jugar un solo partido, no es necesario decirle algo diferente a las jugadoras o decirles que van a ser seleccionadas o que van a formar parte de la Selección México, invitarlas para jugar un solo partido. Se vale decirlo de frente en vez de decirles que van a ser una selección y que son una liga y que son muchos equipos, cuando realmente efectivamente no le dan esa seriedad. No hay un roster de jugadoras. Hay jugadoras que las invitan tres días antes del partido y lo único que están haciendo es poner en riesgo a estas jugadoras. Sí, y después pone. tendríamos que ver si hay un seguro de gastos médicos para que haya una lesión de estas jugadoras, que es lo que realmente a mí me preocupa. Simplemente seamos honestos. Si yo voy a invitar a una jugadora a participar en un evento, que es efectivamente eso, un evento de un día, pues se lo digo de frente y le digo qué le voy a dar y si ella está de acuerdo, pues bienvenida, sin decirle que soy una liga y que vamos a tener muchos partidos y que van a viajar y que van a seguir en televisión, cuando todo eso no es cierto. Seamos honestos. Digámosle de frente a las jugadoras, a la prensa y a todo mundo qué es lo que estamos haciendo, cómo lo estamos haciendo y seamos transparentes. Yo creo que ustedes se podrán dar cuenta efectivamente de eso, de que no hay ligas que tengan un calendario, que tengan rosters de jugadoras, que se respete esto entre los equipos, sino a veces efectivamente, como tú lo dices, parece que es juego de la calle, de hoy invito a mis amigos y si viene mi primo, pues que entre, si vienen dos amigos, que entren, sin importar todo lo demás. Sí, por eso lo digo, porque este, nosotros hemos estado más serias, cubrimos equipada 11, 8, 7, cubrimos todos los juegos eh, internacionalmente con ese forma, formato también, pero en México es más exclusivo porque uh, en, en, tu, en tu país uh, a la, las chicas han adaptado a querer uh, jugar este tocho, que viene siendo igual, flag, y lo de flags se, se vienen a bikini, de bikini eh, se le interesa a la equipada. So hay diferentes segmentos pues para las chicas para participar en el deporte. De acuerdo, pero yo creo que de nuevo la base tiene que ser hacerlo bien. Hacer un torneo sí. serio, hacer una competencia uh -huh. justa para que a las jugadoras les den ganas de participar en un torneo donde se puedan medir en situaciones iguales para realmente ver quién es el mejor equipo, quién es el mejor la mejor jugadora, pero con una igualdad. Efectivamente, en base de esto uno de los proyectos importantes para WFL el próximo año es que estamos empezando a trabajar en una liga de 11 contra 11 equipadas a nivel nacional. Justamente por lo mismo que tú mencionas, la mayoría de las ligas en México son únicamente locales. No pueden jugar con otros equipos, no pueden jugar con otras ciudades. Entonces nosotros, desafortunadamente, por el formato que jugamos, hay muchas jugadoras que se acercan a querer ser parte de los equipos de WFL, pero que no han podido jugar un torneo con nosotros lo que queremos es darles la oportunidad de también jugar un torneo de fútbol americano, pero una modalidad diferente, que es el 11 contra 11, que todos conocemos. Simplemente creo que se trata de hacerlo bien. Ya, yeah, no, eso es, es, es lo bueno. Como te digo, como mencioné a los V-Queens, ellos tienen diferentes versiones uh, juvenil, uh, de adulto, de bikini, de equipada. So, han, han hecho uh, buen programa ahí en Saltillo para uh, you know, atraer a, a conocimiento de las de la diferentes métodos modalidades del, del fútbol um, de acuerdo y ha sido un gran crecimiento y hay que agradecer mucho el trabajo de, del dueño Tadeo Carrizales, uh -huh. su director deportivo Luis, los coaches en cada una de esas categorías que se han encargado de desarrollar un proyecto y de que las niñas quieran formar parte y quieran pertenecer a Big Queens, estamos hablando a veces de niñas de, de 13, 14 años 
por eso uh -huh. ya tienen categorías juveniles. Hay que tratar bien a esas jugadoras, hay que desarrollarlas para que quieran seguir participando y jugando fútbol americano, sin importar en dónde, pero hay que cuidar ese talento. Sí, sí, se supone. Um, Arturo, eh, la, el apoyo a la liga con este, you know, con, uh, con compañías y todo eso, uh, uh, con, ¿dónde puede la gente requerir uh, información para ti, para hacer, uh, para apoyar, pues, se supone, patrocinadores para que se ayude a la liga a crecer? Lo podemos hacer directamente en las redes sociales de la liga, como tú ves en nuestra página de Facebook, en Instagram. Si no, con uh -huh. todo gusto este, está mi número telefónico en la página. Con todo gusto podemos hacerlo. Y de nuevo, aquí se trata de un ganar-ganar. Se trata de escuchar las propuestas y de también nosotros ver de qué manera podemos apoyar a estas marcas para que esta sea una relación de trabajo a largo plazo. All right, Arturo, este... Mucho, muchas gracias por hacer tu tiempo esperando una otra visita, otra entrevista cuando se, se empiece la temporada y en el final. Uh, el otro, el año anterior, se supone el, el último año, estuvo muy uh, muy bueno uh, el, el equipo Saltillo, el equipo de Toluca. Uh, como dices tú, es, es excelente. Dos, dos, este, dos este, equipos uh, que, que han jugado buen, buen fútbol casi al, 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 al mismo nivel de la X-League uh, en los Estados Unidos y la competencia ha estado in, intensa y, igualmente. So, uh, gracias por uh, tu esfuerzo, gracias por el esfuerzo de las chicas, uh, los coaches y las organizaciones y es un honor cubrir la WFL en la temporada. No, al contrario, gracias a ti por el apoyo y cualquier cosa, aquí estamos siempre para ustedes, lo que se te ofrezca con todo gusto. Gracias Arturo por hacer el tiempo, este, ten buen, feliz Navidad otra vez y este un año nuevo este, de salud y esperando la temporada que se, se venga del 2022 uh, de la WFL. Gracias a ti, un abrazo y lo mejor para este 2022. Tengas buenas noches. Cuídate, cuídate, buenas noches. All right, guys, uh, that was um, the president of the WFL, uh, Arturo Jimenez. Uh, we had planned to do the, the back and forth in terms of English and Spanish, but unfortunately, he preferred uh, English, so we had to do that version. Uh, but uh, if you're our English-speaking, uh, uh, you can translate if you like. Otherwise, uh, in a nutshell, uh, his league has is, 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 is been in existence since 2015. Uh, he's got big plans for 2022. Uh, he has got about three to four uh, established franchises uh, in Saltillo, in Merida, also in Toluca, and those franchises have grown uh, to incorporate uh, girls' uh, flag girls' uh, full kit, uh, girls in, in uh, X-League style, uh, which is the bikini style that he plays. Um, so all those, all those programs have evolved into uh, participating and letting girls participate in every level of competition, whether they want to play full kit, whether they want to play uh, you know, flag, or whether they want to play bikini style, which is his league. But the opportunity is there for them to, to, to do that. He's also excited because it's going to get nationwide. Hopefully there's no Piamagron, and hopefully that's not going to prevent him from, um, you know, having some sort of setback for 2022. Um, the uh, V-Queens of Saltillo, one of the standard staples in the league for a long time, and it's one of their flagship franchises, uh, so they've done really well. Uh, he's looking forward to the 2022 season. Also, we talked about, you know, the difference between the sports and the acceptance of the sports. As he said, you know, as long as the, his league takes everything serious, as long as the players and the coaches are serious about the format 
uh, in terms of what they play and the coverage, um, that, that obviously it's going to grow and they're going to be accepted even more. He obviously knows that there's other leagues that just are kind of a mock-type leagues where they just play, you know, a four-week season. It's not a serious season. It's more of a spectacle. And he understands that, obviously, that's an obstacle that they got to overcome, and it, it kind of puts a bad light on the actual sport type. But uh, overall, he's excited for the new season, and he's looking forward to bringing the WFL to another level of awareness. Uh, Facebook Live, we talked to him about whether he's going to do Facebook Live at this point coming up here. Uh, v Queens usually does Facebook, uh, Facebook Live. Most of the teams do Facebook Live. So we'll be covering the WFL exclusively just like we cover X-League in season when they're there, and we try to cover it uh, wall-to-wall with our network partners down south in terms of the action coast-to-coast uh, coast and nationwide. So I wanted to bring him on here uh, just to give us an idea of what, where the WFL stands and looking at the anticipation of the 2022 season for the WFL. All right, uh, we're going to be diving into, uh, coming in in a little bit, will be uh, the backseat coach, Mark Simone, and we'll talk to, we're going to be talking to, uh, recapping the WFA, WF, WNFC moments of 2021, kind of take a look back in, in terms of, you know, some of the moments that we witnessed this year. Looking forward to 2022, um, WFA with WFA International being involved, uh, the WFA uh, branching out to uh, bringing D1 to another level with uh, for the fans and obviously for uh, the next level sports, including, uh, you know, under the helmet, uh, the network that just came out. If you were at the hub, you kind of know about it. Um, so there's a, a kind of a couple initiatives that the Women's Football Alliance is doing for 2022 season. The anticipation to Canton for 2022 for a lot of the teams, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. That's going to be important. Uh, obviously, the coverage uh, nationwide of the game of the week, we anticipate it's going to be the same. We have no official word at this point. We're, we'll anticipate probably an official word uh, right before the schedule comes out. Uh, we have invited uh, Lisa King. They have uh, uh, committed to coming in here maybe in March, right, as soon as the schedule pops out so that we can talk more thoroughly about, you know, what 2022 is going to look like, uh, you know, broadcasters, schedule, uh, everything that's going to happen for the WFA in terms of the 2022 season. Uh, also the anticipation of the WNFC with the new teams, a couple new franchises, the shifts, uh, what's going to be with Vire Network, what's going to include with the shifting of players. We've got international players coming to the WNFC as well. So a lot of changes upcoming for the U.S. leagues, the top two leagues in the world, as we cover them exclusively here on the podcast weekly. So uh, don't miss it. Make sure you're here every Tuesday. Check out the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. That is the place to be. The best network on the planet exists at the hub, and you get your lowdown every day every week right there before Tuesday. So jump in. So let's talk to the uh, backseat coach right here, Mark Simone. So, Mark, how's it going tonight? Happy uh, Christmas. It's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. Uh, enjoyed uh, the top half of the, the podcast. Um, and I'm uh, looking forward to, you know, uh, 2022. It's it's uh, at our doorstep. Oh, yeah. And Lori is a missile, so she already said it. She's crazy. She, th- she already said it. she's crazy. So uh, looking forward to being a bandit, you know what's I really, guess. What yeah. What's really interesting about Lori is, like, I mean, you don't meet too many, uh, you know, football players, female football players from uh, other countries that are like an OG. Like, to 
you know, the Kentucky Karma, that was a long time ago. She mentioned the Kentucky oh, yeah. Karma. That was the first first team she, you know, got tried out for and, like, attended a practice and stuff like that. That's a long time ago now. So she's been around for a long time. She has a lot, a lot of uh, experience. And uh, that's just really cool, you, you know, uh, to hear that from, um, you know, someone who didn't even know about the existence of women's football, you know, uh, before she came over to the United States from France. So really, really cool. Yeah, I know. And she's a, she's a veteran, obviously now, you know, veteran a couple seasons. Uh, she was on the slam as well. Like she said, she had a couple championships with the slam. So she knows what championship football is all about. That's why she's excited to kind of, you know, benefit the bandits, right? Add, add to the bandit. Uh, they obviously the bandits, like we talked about a lot this year, they they just missed out on a couple of plays here and there. They win a couple of games and they're they're in the mix, you know, in that playoff hunt for the nine cups. So uh, they're looking forward to helping them out to get to that next level. So that's going to be interesting to see how they those players from La Muerte benefit uh, the Bandits. Um, so it's really interesting there. Um, Mark, the breakdown. So let's start at the top. Let's go to the let's go to the women's uh, the women's football alliance because I, I really want to just kind of dive into it. Um, you know the big the big news out of the whole year. You know we arrive in Canton, at Tom Benson Stadium. Oh yeah, I mean that was uh, really huge. Um, you know there are a few things that I think lined line that up. You know beforehand, obviously when um, Secret Deodorant came out um, um, with uh, a sponsorship for the WFA, I, I, I think that kind of helped enable something like the Hall of Fame uh, and Tom Benson staying to happen. And, um, you know, by all accounts, it was an amazing championship weekend. I think everybody felt like that that was the venue that was the best that, that they could have hoped for. Um, and they got a, you know, five-year deal. So we're going to have, what, four more championship weekends um, for the WFA in Canton, Ohio. Um, so, yeah, that was huge. That was really huge. I, I think it really sort of, um, it's it, it set up a new roadmap, I think, for the WFA in terms of um, their championship seasons um, for the next few years here. And it also it also sets the benchmark, you know, to be at the Hall of Fame as one of the elite leagues in the world, you know, the largest league in the world in terms of teams. Um, so I think it set a benchmark, right? The expectation, uh, you're, you're now one, you know, you're at the Hall of Halls, in other words, for pro football. Uh, you're one step in. Uh, Allison Cahill, you know, Callie Branson, Jennifer King, Laurie Locus, everybody's enshrined there now in some wing at the uh, Hall of Fame. So it's kind of like nice to, to have that moment now where you're going to play the national championship in the next couple of years, and we don't know who will be enshrined as another piece of history, right, at that Hall of Fame. Right. It is very exciting because, um, you know, everybody who plays in the WFA, they know if they can get to that championship weekend, they're, they're on the radar of the you know, Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's pretty crazy to think, right? Um, but, but there you have it. You know, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame has uh, committed to honoring the um, Division One champion of, of each year, 
And however that game plays out on the field, um, you know, somebody else's jersey or cleats, you know, might be going into the Hall of Fame. Um, so it, it's a wonderful opportunity, you know, not just for the league, but for the teams and the players as individuals um, and as teammates. Um, it's it's a big stage uh, to, to be on, and uh, I don't think that's lost on anybody in the league from top to bottom. No, and I think that's the biggest moment. If you take away 2021, we had great moments in season. Uh, Division One, obviously the Renegades take take care of business. We we knew that that was going to happen. Uh, Minnesota stood out for me as one of the teams, you know, right there in the finals, and also one of the game of the week kind of marquee franchises. Uh, the Inferno, uh, the Cali War, even with their you know their team not you know shuffling to a, like brand new players and stuff like that. It was a really good uh, year for them. Uh, the impact in Arlington keeps to, keeps improving every year and being impressive every year. Uh, unfortunately, the the drawback of the Divas, right, with uh, the quarterback yep. and the running back and, and not having those two pieces really affected the Divas as well. So Division One, kind of anticipating, you know, this whole uh, this whole scope, but Division One was really a good focus, especially with the next level sports and obviously the, uh, you know, fan, for the fans. Uh, yeah, I think so, and, and you know, I, I think it, they're going to um, do a better, even better job of it uh, in 2022. If if I'm to glean any sort of information from the WFA website, where they have their um, what they call their pro division, which uh, formerly known as Division One, uh, they have teams in there now that include uh, the Nevada Storm and the St. Louis Slam and the Detroit Venom. Um, so we're looking at uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven teams, uh, five, five on the east and six on the west, I think. Um, so presumably, if if play happens uh, to the fullest extent, we don't know what's going to happen with Omicron or any other, you know, uh, version of the virus comes up. But you know, if we get a full season with all these teams um, playing. You know, I, I think I think that's an even better formula uh, uh, for um, for the fans, um, the play, the whole playoff picture, the game of the week. Um, if 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 they can just get all these teams playing, you know, because we saw St. Louis take a year off last year, Pittsburgh, um, and you know, if we get these teams back into the fold. And competing here at the pro level, um, it, it's going to be it's going to be even better. I think the the w, WFA is taking the the lead of the WNFC, which is you have to vet some of these franchises to be worthy of, of you know pro or D one. I think that's a good job. You know, Slam certainly deserves it with their record, franchise history. Passion certainly deserves to be D one. Uh, Nevada with their last three years with their record and their durable. Minnesota's been there a while. Uh, Detroit, just a name change, but they've been very, very well. Uh, Tampa Bay Inferno. I might think the, the weakest link out of the whole pro would probably be uh, Dallas Elite Mustangs. That was the only, I think, the only weak link out of all of them. But other than that, I think they made right, pretty right. good choices here. Yeah, but, you know, for what it's worth, you know, uh, the Dallas Elite Mustangs have never not been D1 um, since sure. uh, the divisions were created. So, um, 
at least from a business sense, um, they've, um, you know, always been able to compete at that level. I think if I have one criticism about uh, the program, it's, um, you know, I know that they've forfeited in the playoffs because, you know, for whatever circumstances there were. So that, you know, obviously that's not the best. Um, But, um, you know, I I think they can continue on in in D1, and they're continuing to try and strengthen their program. And if they look across town at Arlington, they, you know, uh, Arlington has been able to do that over the last few years. Um, And last year they had a very impressive output, um, you know, I think particularly on defense. They're going to be a force again in 2022. I really agree with that. Um, The bumping of Nevada deserving, now we really see the standouts in D2, uh, as we had Nevada stand out, uh, as also the Detroit stand out in D2. So they get bumped up based on their uh, merits. And then all obviously D3 champions. The Derby City Dynamite moved to D2. Interesting, going to be 2022 there. Jacksonville is going to be D2 at this point, so that's really interesting too. Orlando jumps to D2. Um, You have New York coming back. Uh, The Spartans jump to D2. Uh, The Energy, probably the cream of the crop of the D2 now that Nevada is gone. So they would be probably the team that we got to eye and look for. Uh, Shockwave, whether they're going to surprise us or not. So Derby, and yeah. so it's really interesting how the, the shape of the, the teams. But D2, uh, Mark, for the WFA, I mean, uh, what do you say about Nevada? Nevada all year was the, t- the talk of the WFA, I think, the whole year. Absolutely. And, um, you know, they're making the jump to uh, Division I. Uh, they certainly, you know, have earned the opportunity. Uh, they have a very um, a sound program. Um, you had conducted a, a great interview um, with a head coach and their quarterback, uh, you know, a few months ago. Uh, I think I think in the wake of the championship. So, uh, you know, anybody who wants to go back and listen to that, they can uh, really hear about how that program has been strengthened over the years. You know, with a change in in ownership and uh, um, in the head coaching. Um, Things really have started to gel over the last few years, and uh, they've propelled themselves now into Division One. And I think they'll continue to be um, competitive, and um, uh, so so that's really fantastic. Um, is there going to be a hole now in Division Two? Um, you know, from the looks uh, from the looks of it, um, you know, I don't think so. I think I think Division Two will um, definitely be very competitive as you mentioned, you know, the Houston Energy looks like a, uh, you know, one of the favorites going in. You know, I don't think you're, you can really um, rule out uh, the New York Wolves. And um, you know what? Derby City, you know, they might be right in the thick of it as well. They, they've, they've moved up from Division Three into Division II. Um, but, I, you know, I, I feel like they can um, compete with some of these Division two teams that maybe they didn't have an opportunity to play before, you know. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Derby City versus the Mile High Blaze or the New York Wolves. Now, will it happen? You know, maybe, maybe you know, we'd have to wait till the playoffs for some sort of matchup like that to happen. But, you know, the possibilities are there now. Um, it's a completely 
it's sort of like a it's like a new palette of teams here in the in Division Two. So it's very exciting. And three, we weren't surprised at Derby City, Arizona. Uh, now that Derby's moved up, we're, we're looking at Arizona as a standout. You also have Cincinnati as a standout. Uh, if we have to look at New York Knockout as one of the one of the playoff teams, uh, the Misfits uh, as well. So there's a couple D3 teams uh, from last year that are going to be kind of standing out over in D3. Uh, Lady Force from OKC. Um, so there's a lot. D3 is going to be an interesting one to follow because we're going to find out exactly who's top dog, especially after Derby is left. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there are definitely some some teams that are gunning for that. Um, and, and last year uh, had, you know, put on some displays of, of, um, of, of good football. Um, so, yeah, you're going to see the, the outcast trying to, to, you know, dominate and, um, the Mississippi royalty, I think, uh, you can't forget the capital pioneers, right? Um, uh, the monarchy, Sun City Stealth. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of like awesome offense in, in a lot of the D3 games. Um, and, you know, I think we're going to, I think we're going to continue to, to see that. It's like the D3 has got 32 teams. So it's pretty, it's pretty big. Um, um, there is a lot of teams, but, um, you know, I think and we're going to see. We'll have a disclaimer. Our disclaimer is we don't cover D3 as a whole every week, just like we don't, you know, not, not like we do D1 or D2, but we do cover the D3 playoff picture and finals as a whole exclusively. So I just want to make sure, because I know everybody's message is like, oh, you don't talk about D3 during the, well, we don't talk about D3 during the, during the week-to-week aspect of it because it gets overshadowed by D1 and D2, right, in terms of coverage and everything else. But we do dive into it once we get into the Massey stage, once we get into the playoffs, and once we get into the finals. Sure. I, you know, I, absolutely. And, you know, I, like with anything else, if, if, there's, if there's sort of bigger news, something that rise, rises above your, mm-hmm. your basic sort of uh, um, game final, you know, we'll want to talk about that too. Um, you know, we saw a couple 400-yard rushing games from um, oh, what's her name, Jasmine Reining last year. So we talked about that. That happened in D3. Um, um, we definitely love D3, and um, you know, I follow it and I keep on top of it, even if we're not talking about it on the podcast every week. Of course. Uh, WFA, uh, WFAProFootball.com, you can go right there as well, get the stats from last year. Uh, let's uh, give some shout-out to Division One. obviously Al- Allison Cahill, Aaron Mosaic, um, Chantel Wiggins, Erica Collins, uh, De- uh, D'Angela Ricks, Kim Shaw, uh, obviously Amanda Congaldi before she got hurt there. Um, you also had Tara, Tara Thomas. Um, you have uh, also Kayla Segula and Ashley Walker of the Vixen making some cool plays there uh, in the rushing game. There was Tara Thomas from the Impact, Grace Cooper at the top of the guard, Shantae Bonds, um, Ken Gabriel, Candy Thomas, uh, Deja Scott, of course, he got hurt. Uh, you know, so there's a couple of players that were really outstanding. Uh, on the receiving end, Brianna Barrett from the uh, Cali War, uh, Kayla Segula from the Vixen, you got Kale Wilson from the War, 
Lexi Floor, always a staple in, in Divas, Emily Beinecke as well, Candace Pistol. Uh, so a couple players there in terms of the D, D1. Uh, if we go to D2 here, let me just run out some names here in D2. Really impressive uh, was uh, uh, Candace Hunter, as always, Lexi DeMeo, Michaela Hilton, uh, Jessica Childers, uh, Sherry Anderson, uh, Michelle Walsh, uh, obviously Smooth Laurie Jones, uh, Holly Petrie, uh, 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 Amberlynn Twig, which we interviewed as well, Victoria Sandoval. Uh, there's a couple players there. On the rushing end in D2, Jasmine Plummer, who cannot speak of Jasmine Plummer, right? Uh, Mark, Jesse Felkler <laughs> of the Storm, uh, Clarissa Tiller. Yeah, that's the one-two punch right there. Yeah, Sydney, uh, Sydney Anthony from the Dixie, uh, Dixie Blues. What an amazing season for her. Fiona Meyer-Terracell from Dark Angels. Uh, you had Stephanie Wards from the Fury. Sarah Canangelo, once again, the Storm. Sasha Avila from the Outlaws. Um, there was uh, Michelle Robinson from the Dixie Blues. Uh, Alicia Owens from the Nighthawks. Uh, so there's a couple players there. Uh, we can't discount – let's go here. We can discount uh, tackles. So, uh, you know, Deanna Lenaway. Uh, Octavia Griswold from the Dark Angels, Rashida Ford from the Nighthawks, uh, Joe Rika Grant from the Fighting Shockwave, Michelle Robinson, Tasha Lemnick. Uh, so there's a couple, you know, a couple players uh, that were really outstanding on defense as well. Uh, take a look at D3 in terms of offense right here uh, for it. Uh, you're going to see a lot of the players on there on offense. Um, let's see here. So we have uh, Christina Garahuya from the Iowa Phoenix, Lizbeth Meza from the Pioneers, Jasmine Casada from the Stealth, Eden Messenger from the Knockout, Kyla Wilson from the Savages, Lessons Houston Buckner, which we talked to from the Dynamite, uh, Anna Moreno as well. So it was really, really good. Um, and then uh, you also had big time uh, rushing from Jasmine Rainey, as you talked to here, uh, Mark, from the Outcast, 1,546 yards, 20 TDs. What a great season for her, an amazing, uh, outstanding season. Lessons, Houston Buckner as well from Dynamite, Mars Allen from the Thundercats, and Angela Anderson Embry Jr. from the Dynamite, Eden Messenger from the Knockout, Crystal White from the uh, Dynamite, Brittany Adams from the Savages, uh, Caitlin Siddell from the Misfits, uh, Shanice Cole from the Black, uh, Black Widows, and then on receiving, uh, Britt Peterson from the Phoenix, 60, uh, five touchdowns on the, on the year. Christy Van Bieber from the knockout. Elena Lang uh, also from the knockout. Uh, J.B. Goodlow was uh, outstanding at the finals there. Catherine Gilden from the Pioneers. So a lot of outstanding athletes in uh, the uh, WFA 2021 season. Yeah, you know, if only we had enough time to really, you know, go through all the really great accomplishments that, that we got to witness this, this past season, um, um, we'd need a lot more show. But um, certainly a fantastic job. Congratulations to all the fantastic individual and team performances in the WFA uh, in 2021 where, you know, just getting onto the field was like a minor miracle in and of itself. But to, you know, be prepared and be physically and mentally ready to uh, perform at a high level um, was very, very impressive. 
I think we saw some really, really um, fantastic performances in the WFA um, in 2021. And if anybody wants to dive into any of the names that we just talked about, uh, you can actually dive into a couple of those names at the championship. So go back and you can do the replay at the WFA YouTube channel. You can also go do the replays on, on their uh, Facebook page as well. Some of the games that were there in terms of the national championship, you'll get this. You get to see live and in front and center, especially the Nevada Storm of all of all the teams right there, front and center. The the Renegades, the Derby City Dynamite as well. Uh, let's shift to the WNFC. Uh, great offensive performances by Brittany Bushman of the Elite Spartans, obviously leading her team to the to the Nine Cup. Uh, Sanisha Smith from the Fire. Uh, McLean uh, Hira didn't have such a great year in terms of the majestics of the scope, but as a quarterback, uh, pretty good in terms of passing yards as well. Shani Phillips from the Silver Stars. Uh, Nenji Martin from the uh, semifinal at Rebellion. Alicia Sutton from the Heat. Uh, Louise Bean from the Falcons. Maddie Roses from the Glory. Uh, Sydney Williams from the Phantoms. Regina Jackson, uh, which is pretty exciting. Nashi Catrone as well. Didn't have a great season in terms of the Bobcats, but there you go. Shannon Beatty from, from the Bandits and uh, Kim Phillips uh, leading off there as well. So really, really impressive in terms of the quarterback scene. On the rushing side, we, did, we interviewed Kelly Smith from the Fire. Uh, 20 touchdowns, Mark, on the season. Impressive. Megan Lewis, 17 touchdowns. Um, Gina Magana, uh, 16. Regina Jackson, dual threat. The Lamar Jackson of the WNFC right there, 12 touchdowns. That's right. Um, Tanette Zodomo from Silver Stars, Adriana Gutierrez, what a, what a talent there in terms of the rebellion. And so really awesome, Destiny Jarbrough, which is we all know what she's all about. Um, and then Chavon Vedre uh, from the Ravens. Um, so I, I, I think that was probably the, the thing that we have to look back on 2021. If Vedre had not gone down, would Oregon be in that playoff mix, you know what I mean, or would have been closer to a playoff mix? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's possible. I mean, you, it's it's always easy and quite fun, quite frankly, to go back and just look at, like, you know, play what if, you know. Um, and, you know, I, there were a number of teams that were on that playoff bubble. And, um, you know, I, I really think that's the mark of a good of a good season for a league, right? If, you know, in the last few weeks of the regular season – it, the more teams you have that are on that playoff bubble, you know, it, that's just a good sign that the competition has been pretty good. And for a lot of those teams, you know, it re- really was just like maybe, you know, one or two wins, uh, uh, you know, could have turned the tide for them. I think that's the key right there. If she would have been healthier, maybe there's a difference in a couple games. Maybe Las Vegas doesn't get in, right? Things like that. Seattle, you know, just a lot of things could have happened. Um, on the tackle yep. side, our own Holly Custis, killing it, uh, 69, Solos 34, uh, I mean, just just killing it for the Falcons right there. Amber Kraft, uh, what what a bandit. <laughs> you just want to name her now. <laughs> what a bandit, right? Nine and a half for, for losses, uh, 63 combined. I mean, uh, that girl is stout. Uh, Dana, our other Nordic football athlete, Dana Zyke from the Bobcats. Uh, she was all over the field as well. Um, D.U. Viden from the Heat. Crystal Reed from the Heat. Uh, Tyranny Dash from the Heat. 
uh, Tamarika Scott from the Majestics, Barbara Gonzalez from the De Las Cruces, uh, Bailey Pastek from the Bandits, uh, Mercedes Tyler. Wow, you know who did who not know that Mercedes Mercedes Tyler was there? They knew <laughs> on defense uh, from the Rebellion, um, and then you also have Olivia Griswold, right? Who can forget Olivia Griswold? That's right. <laughs> So really, really awesome. Uh, on sacks, uh, the top leaders was Olivia Griswold from the Champs, nine sacks on the season, Bailey Pastek from the Bandits, uh, De- uh, Deanna Guidry uh, from the Elite Spartans, uh, Mayor Rachel Love from the Bobcats. That was that. Uh, forced fumbles, which the WNC keeps track of right there, is uh, Ishana Alexander, three forced fumbles from the, from the Phantoms, Tony Fuller, from the Fire, April Arnold from the Majestics, Jessica Collins from the Elite, Deanna Guidry from the Elite, uh, Wanisha Thomas from the Fire, uh, Latera Fatilli from the Falcons, and then uh, once again Mercedes Tyler uh, all over it right there as well. So um, interceptions, who can forget uh, the cover of the magazine, Kristen London from the Bandits, five interceptions on the season, Rashida Young, four for the Fire, Kaylee Nudrick uh, from the Glory, Amy Austin Bean from the Rebellion, and Mary Woodward from the Fire as well. So a uh, pretty impressive season in terms of some of those players, and you get to see them all on the Wire games. You can replay them all eight week to week. So pretty exciting. Um, so, Mark, uh, 2021 on both leagues, uh, you know, everybody's kind of like elevated their game. Uh, WFA, WF, WNFC, sponsors, uh, you know, clashes, matches, the three-division finals in Canton plus the nine cup final in Dallas. So uh, pretty exciting 2021. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, we, we talked about, um, you know, some of the successes for the WFA and, uh, you know, the WNFC had different successes, um, you know, no, certainly no lesser. You know, I, I feel like certainly their, their biggest success as a, as a league was, um, uh, elevating the the uh, broadcast of their games, every game that was played was shown on fire, and the, it was a huge accomplishment, a huge technological accomplishment. Accomplishment, and quite frankly, that took a lot of willpower to make that happen. Um, so that, it was very very impressive, and um, and as far as the play goes, you know we saw. Um, the San Diego Rebellion um, take it up a notch and uh, reach the finals. Um, so we're getting to see a little bit more competition, um, certainly in the West, uh, between you know the, with the you get the Falcons and and now the Rebellion. Um, and I think we're going to see things tighten up a little bit more. We talked about this uh, last week and uh, Oscar, um, you know, with uh, the addition of international players now kind of into the scene, um, especially in the East where uh, teams need to find different ways to compete with uh, the, the Texas Spartans. Uh, you know, if they're, if they want to get into that championship game, they got to get through Texas and um, they got to, so they got to find new ways to increase their competitiveness and um, uh, international players is, is one of those ways that that's happening. Thankfully, All right, we get to watch it again Let's, next year on Vire. Uh, let's bring in Nate. Uh, Nate, any uh, special moments from both leagues, WNFC, WFA? We're just talking about breaking it down right now about, you know, 
being in Canton for the national championship for the next four years, uh, the nine cup, you know, the wire stream of every game on the WNFC side. So, uh, you know, a lot of things to be uh, grateful for in terms of bringing the, bringing the next level of competition for both leagues in terms of the sport. Oh, definitely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, pardon my voice. Um, you know, being on the front, sort of on the front line of that, you know, involved with as much with the WNFC as I am, as my fellow officials are, it's been, it's been a thrill to see, um, you know, I could speak from the Seattle Majestics point of view is just to see the, the growth from having started just a couple of short years ago in the, the, the WFA and then to have moved up uh, a significant level at that to the WNFC and to see how they've made strides in the partnerships and the push to be where they are. Like you just mentioned, you know, Canton, it's, you know, it's, it's a testament to the athletes. You can't put your finger on one particular athlete. You have to look at them as a whole. It's just, you know, it, it's wonderful to see them finally getting that that spotlight and that 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 credit that they've deserved for so long. I I, I cannot speak highly enough of all of them. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know what, Nate, we follow everything exclusively every week, week to week, and you know, it's no different than the NFL when the NFL is in season. We try to treat it treat it the same way in terms of our exactly. podcast, in terms of our coverages, and things like that. So it was a really exciting eight weeks in the WFA, even down to the finals, and obviously, you know, getting uh, Allison Cahill enshrined into the uh, na- to the Hall of Fame, that was a big moment as well. Uh, the, you know, Nevada, you know, what a historic run for them. Now moving up mm-hmm. to D1 to the Pro League. Um, so 2022 is going to be so exciting, the anticipation with some of these uh, teams moving up and some of these players obviously elevating their game probably to another level that we haven't seen. And then, you know, being in Canton for the next four years, it's going to be exciting to try to make a trip down there and just kind of, like, witness, you know, the, the huge spectacle that is the three divisions in the WFA. Absolutely. All right, Mark, um, let's see where we're at here. I think we're pretty thorough about this. So um, I, I'm anticipating the schedule to come out in March. I reached out to Wynn, reached out to Lisa, Lisa said the schedule should be out in the middle of March. Uh, hopefully that will be out for the WFA. Uh, for the WNFC, we reached out to them. They're finalizing their schedule too. So I would say early April is when we start to, like, you know, licks our, licks our chops in terms of who's going to match up with who. It feels like such a long time. I, mean, I know it'll it be here. Uh, it'll be here faster than we realize. But um, as Eternity. of right now, yeah, it feels like a long time. Yeah, I can't wait for March Madness because then we know March Madness is here, and that's when we know the schedule's coming up. You know what I mean? As soon as March Madness is over, that's right. we're like, okay, here it is. We're ready to go, revving up. We we have that distraction to push us through, right? You can just sit back and watch a little bit of basketball. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, Mark, so uh, we'll catch you uh, New Year's edition. We're going to dive into, obviously, Great Iron West one more time. Uh, they should be back in action. Uh, the uh, with the, the, the finals of the, CIF, the CIFF in Italy, the last two remaining there. And then uh, it's pretty much the anticipation of the WFA and the WNFC season in terms of, uh, in terms of the states in the United States and then 
We're going to dive into the WWCFL. We'll end, probably end up diving into the Maritime. We'll probably end up diving to Lexfo one more time or FX Mexico down below, depending on their uh, you know spring season, things like that. So North American swing is going to start to heat up, uh, especially with the anticipation of all the the national teams for the 2022 IFAB World Championship. Yes, indeed. I'm looking forward to it. All right, sir. Have a great new year. Uh, safe travels if you're traveling, and really appreciate it uh, every week coming on here and uh, giving your insights. So everybody's appreciated, and uh, all our feedback is positive, Mark. So uh, you are missed when you're not here. So don't miss it. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, Oscar, and uh, good night, Nate. Take care. Good night. Take care as well. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. All right, Mr. Award. Uh, what an exciting year for the uh, two, you know, women's leagues. Now we dive into this huge mess that is the NFL <laughs> with COVID and everything else that's happening. Uh, week 16, uh, your Seahawks are officially eliminated. Just uh, just be clear on that right now. You, you know, at least I can say we looked better than the uh, the, the, the no-names out of Washington. The no names out of Washington. There you go, Nate. There you go. There's a, there's a <laughs> hey. Uh, there's a silver lining Coach, somewhere. Coach I just gotta King. find it. Coach King could not save them. You know that, right? <laughs> no matter how much work no. you put in there, that was not a good outing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're right. We're we're out. But you know what? There, there's a lot of things that have happened this year to to this team up here in the Northwest that I just uh, if I if after this off season, if I see Pete Carroll on the sideline next year, I'm going to scream. That yeah, I know. It hasn't been have. it hasn't been the the expectation in Seattle hasn't been that great in the last two or three years. So yeah, there is an opportunity there. They might make a change, you know, or they or be, they're going to be forced to make a change, right? Just depends on what's going on now at this point. So it's more of a change mode now for them, I think, in transition. So. All right, let's let's dive in, uh, Nate. Let's look at this uh, in perspective. The Chiefs, the Bucks, my Rams, the Cardinals have joined the Packers and the Cowboys in the uh, Monday night. The Dolphins moved into the number seven spot. What a, what a story right there! Dolphins seven in a row lost, seven wins in a row. First time in in NFL history that a team has lost seven in the beginning of the season and run seven uh, to get back into some sort of hunt. So despite starting the one and seven, there you go. The Seahawks. Giants and Panthers are, on the other hand, joining a relative short list of teams that have been eliminated. Uh, 24 teams are still mathematically alive to go to the playoffs and potentially win the Super Bowl. Uh, so at this point, let's start at the top. So Chiefs, 11-4, and four, they clinch. Uh, we had questions about two weeks ago whether this team was going to be durable enough to finish strong, and here we are. A, couple, you know, a few months ago, we were questioning whether the league had figured out the Chiefs, right? But here we are, eight consecutive wins later, and they are in the playoff hunt. You know, there's those teams that are just full surprises. And like you said, we were, gosh, I mean, we can say that about how many teams is, you know, we were close to not being able to pull it off, you know. But to have the the turnaround they have, I mean, I'll chalk that up right up there with the Dolphins. I mean, to, to, to see how the Chiefs got it together with what they had, you, you don't see that often. And so when you do, it's it's a nice feat. I, I, I 
you know, I love Patrick Mahomes and I love the, the, I got, uh, I've got, you know, family friends in, in Kansas city in Kansas that are huge chiefs fans. So I kind of have to have a little bit of a soft side for them, but you know, to, to see the success that they had in the turnaround they made under the circumstances is really, <coughs> there's no work to describe it. I know. I, I don't and, know how you, you know what, view Mark, um, um, I think Nate, they get, they get, uh, the Bengals, and they get the Broncos the next two games. So they're winnable games, the Bengals being a challenge game. But they're winnable games. They're, they're winnable. I, I think, you know, the, 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 question, the, the big question mark with that Bengals one is, you know, it, does Joe Burrows continue with the, the success he had this past weekend? Sure. That's a good question, yeah. Does he, I, that's a, does he trump over well, that, uh, that, that Chiefs defense? Because the Chiefs are not the Ravens, is that what you're saying? The Chiefs are not the Ravens, so that's, that's a big correct. That's a big difference, yeah. Chiefs are not the Ravens, and the Ravens obviously were somewhat effective in some senses, but at the same time, they were there's no Lamar Jackson as an X factor, so somewhat took advantage of that. Um, let's uh, Mackenzie, let's break down uh, the Titans here. Lost three of their last four games before they take this victory over the Niners. If you're San Francisco, Mackenzie, missed opportunity. You're still in the hunt, but there it is, right there. You know, oh, this is a this is a good one, Oscar. I just, sheesh. oh, um, I mean, I gotta agree with you. Like you're still in the hunt, but you gotta make sure y'all are running on all cylinders. I mean, there's not really much I can say. So you you have them clinching. I think uh, the Titans can clinch a playoff spot with a loss by the Ravens and the Chargers or losses by the Ravens and the Patriots or losses by the Chargers and the Patriots. I mean, so they literally could have won. If they would have won, they would have clinched the South on Saturday. Yeah, you know, and it's the the game of shoulda, woulda, coulda right now for them. Um, You're still in it. You now have to work a little bit harder to to, to clinch. Um, But you're still in it. Would have had to, you know, would have led to a clinch and been fine last weekend. Couldn't get it, you know, couldn't make it happen. Now we're here. It's just, you know, it's going to be a, at this point, it's going to be a cat and mouse game. Uh, Mackenzie, do you believe in the Bengals? So, two game winning streak here has lifted them to the top of the division. Uh, Ravens have lost four in a row. Browns have lost two ice in a row. The Steelers have dropped four of their past six. Uh, so, if they want to be serious about this, they got to be Kansas City. Absolutely, no, they, you got to be sure. Like, got to be Kansas City, and you got you. In order to be a, a force to be reckoned with, you kind of got to win out at this point. No, I agree with you. I, the, against the Browns, they should they should win, but Kansas City, they got to win, right? They got to be Kansas City. It's the it's their moment. The Burrow moment, um, Nate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's Nate. Let's talk about the let's talk about the Bills. Uh, the Bills dumped the Patriots on Sunday, uh, so they kind of take a little bit of control in the AFC East. Uh, but at the same time, they were on a roll, and all of a sudden here, it's going a little hiccup. Little hiccup. Well, I mean. For for one, obviously the Patriots are vulnerable. We saw that. So you know, 
I would say the hiccup is they got lucky, right? Um, but at the same time, my mom and I were talking about this. You know, the, the, the Bills have put together a team we haven't seen in ages. You know, we, 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 this is pretty much almost the exact same team we saw make it to the playoffs last year. So, the, I mean, you know, hiccups are bound to happen. But the fact that they still came out on top and the schedule looks pretty smooth the rest of the way out, I I, I wouldn't read too much into it myself personally. Well, they had a shot to the division, but if they can keep it together in the next two weeks here, that could be the case. Or if New England falters a little bit here in the next two weeks. So um, that could be the case there. Uh, Mackenzie, you called it to – here we are, one and seven. You said, "Hey, you end up turning it around somehow." And here we are, seven in a row, and the Dolphins are a factor. I, you know, sometimes I like to be right. Right now would be one of those times. Um, I will tell you this: no way in hell did I expect them to go set, beat, beat the Saints by seventeen points, twenty to three. Like, hello, I just, I, you know, you love to see it. You love to see a good underdog story. And that's what I think the Dolphins are, are capable of, at least now. You know, they're, they're a well-oiled machine. They're doing it. It's, it's, it's good to hear. Mac, uh, the good news is that they are guaranteed a playoff spot if they win their final two games. The bad news is they have two really good opponents the Titans, and the Patriots. So they got to they gotta literally win nine in a row just to make the playoffs. True. That, yeah, I mean, and it kind of, it's kind of impossible. But, again, nothing is impossible. Like I said, they were able to turn around and come back this season. And yet here we are talking about them coming back. They have a chance at the wild card. There's like a five-way tie, a five, four- or five-way tie for the wild card spots. And it, it's kind of – Kind of interesting to me. I, lo- I love to see this. I, I think this is a good story. If they can do nine in a row, Tua would be a factor in a conversation now because the, everybody's going to see that he's obviously able to take care take care of the lead. The problem is he can't take care of the ball half the time, so he's got to get better at the ball handling, uh, you know, and that stuff. So, but if he can take care of the ball, he becomes more of a Lamar Jackson factor in that sense. So, a little bit of intangible there, something to work on for him, but. Um, Nate, the Chargers suffered a terrible loss against the Texans, and they kind of put themselves uh, in a predicament where they might be out of the playoffs. You know, this is this is another interesting one. I'm just the teams that have started up hot have like been slowly fizzling out. I can't seem to figure it out. Right, I, I, don't I know agree. If, uh, I don't know if, if Nate. I don't know if Denver and Vegas are beatable, but they got to beat them in order for them to get in. Get in. It depends on how much they, they feel hurt and determined after, you know, getting lopsided by Houston. I, I mean, you know, you're, you're talking about a Texans team that's, you know, fighting for survival versus, you know, I mean, if they play that same mentality as Houston did, I see there's a, there's a you know, there's a chance, but you know, you, you, you look your wounds in various ways, and sometimes 
I don't know. You 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 lost you lost to a team that had 16 players on the COVID list. What does that say about you? And where do you go from there? The Chargers were not charged that day. That's what it says. I don't know what happened to them. Exactly. They were supposed, to, but exactly. they didn't have Eckler either. So you got to give them credit. They didn't have Eckler there. They they, they were pretty fair. much understaffed. That's fair. That's the problem too. That was they had no run game, real run game. I mean, Jackson play, uh, ran pretty well, but it's, he's not an Eckler. But Houston has stepped up defensively in, in the last couple weeks, so there's a big difference there. Um, Mac, uh, as much as we hurt to talk about the Cowboys, they just keep. They, we can't not talk about the Cowboys, which is crazy. Wait a minute, hold on. But uh, here we are. Wait a minute. Who's being hurt? Nobody here is being hurt about talking about them. Y'all should be praising <laughs> them damn Cowboys. Look, hello, we them boys. I am pleasantly surprised because Dallas clinched the first playoff spot and they didn't have to do nothing. Oh my God, they didn't have to do nothing. However, I'm not going to get too excited if, because we have hey, Mac, to progress. Mac, if you're, Jen, if you're Jen King on the other side and you're watching this game, um, my God, I feel bad for her because she <laughs> needed to make – they needed to make plays, and they were not doing it. And Prescott, I mean, uh, what, 50? It was 50-burger. That's not good. Not 56, good at all. 56-14. I'm going to tell wow. you this, though. Um, for as many points as we had, I kind of expected Dak to have more passing yards. However, between – I mean, he's just – what was that stat I just saw? He was, he's the second player in NFL history to throw the ball to a running back, wide receiver, tight end, and an offensive lineman all in the same game. He's literally, he's literally the second person. I can't remember who the first person is to do it. I'm going to tell you this, though. I need Green Bay to lose a damn game. I hate talking about Green Bay, and I hate giving them pop. But you, you have Did you to, hear that, Nate? Like, if you didn't hear it, Green I think Bay you heard it pretty loud. Team. You know, I just, I, I hate. I heard it. I really hate to talk about them. I really hate to talk about them. I really hate to give them any kind of pop or any kind of, Value and effort or of any kind because I don't like them. I wish they would freaking lose and get out of my hair. They're, they're, hey, uh, they're Matt, in my The discount double check is in effect. The discount double check is in effect. That's where you got to go through Green Bay. <laughs> well, and, and, and it's funny. It's like not that I, you know, not that I, I don't. I mean, I want them to lose, obviously. But the player in me is just very intrigued about how they're playing. And it, 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 look, it's, at this point, it's Green Bay to lose. Green Bay has. Sure. The has the most to lose right this second. Like, they really do. And that's not – I'm not wishing a will and none of that, but they literally – the target is on Green Bay's back. And to be honest, I think that's how they like it because when they have – you know, when they have a good season and they have something to lose, they seem to play better and better and better each week, just like Dallas. The only thing with Dallas is, is Dallas has been inconsistent uh, up until now. Dallas has been inconsistent with getting to the playoffs – you know, staying in, in contention, things of that nature. This year, we so far we've had four losses. We're eleven and four, second spot in the NFC, NFC um, East division champs. It's you know, it's one milestone at a time. We have to keep playing consistent, and Green Bay has to lose for us to get in that spot. I'll just remember. All right, we got to you, you got to play. You, you, you got to play Green Bay and the referees because we saw how questionable some of that calling was against Cleveland. Back, for sure. Back. For sure. Um, guys, we've got two-minute drill. Let's finish up here strong. Uh, Arizona, uh, 
Nate, they get to finish against Dallas and your Seahawks. They, 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 they're in must win. They cannot lose another game, or otherwise they will be facing a wild card assignment. Cowboys, I think, is going to be a rough one, and I, I think Dallas is going to have that one, so that might be their loss. Seahawks, uh, they're gonna they're gonna run all over them. I just, I mean, Seahawks even had the Lions the, the week before that, and that's gonna be questionable. So, you know, the the big the big question mark and the the one hurdle they'll need to get over is the Cowboys. But that I mean, with what we've seen, what McKenzie was just saying, it's it's gonna it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, no, I think uh, Dallas is on a roll right now. They're they're just they're they're clicking. They're really good. Uh, Mac, if you're a Niner fan right now, you have to beat Houston. And given what Houston's done the last two weeks, you cannot underestimate Houston because then you get the Rams. But you got to win at Houston, otherwise, you, you're pretty much done for the most part. Yeah, you know, if you're the Forty ers you you kind of got to be nervous. Like you got to be nervous. But you don't want to be you don't want to be too nervous. You do have to be like mildly nervous about how your team's playing. Um, on the other hand, if you still have faith, you know you got You just you got to kind of play even keeled about this. Like you're nervous, but you know you're hopeful. Unfortunately, the Forty ers are kind of inconsistent, which sucks because they have so much talent and it's gross. Yeah, and that's I think that's going to be their downfall. They got to be Houston to get in here. If they don't be Houston, it's going to be a problem. Um, do you feel Nate the Eagles can can get in in some ways? They get Washington who hasn't played well, and then at the end they would have to beat Max Cowboys. Much like their fellow birds, it's going to be tough, but I I think Philly can do it. I I think you know everybody's well. They're in a pickle because the Vikings have to lose next week. The Niners have to lose, and the Saints have to lose, and they would have to beat Washington in order for them to make the playoffs. So interesting for them. That does that does make it interesting, except for the fact that you know we see how San Francisco has been doing, and the Vikings have started being on a slide. So. It comes down to what Vikings team shows up. Is it the one that started out strong at the beginning of the year, the one we have currently? And then, you know, what can Philly do on its own to help itself? So, yes, a lot of question marks. But I still I, I still think as far as their focus and their, their games, I think they can handle themselves. All the other outlying factors, who knows? All right, guys, that's it. Uh, 4.05 in the books. Thank you for uh, uh, Laurie uh, Gillis-Diaz coming in here from the WNFC Bandits, Arturo Jimenez, president of the uh, Women's Football League in Mexico, and obviously for the backseat coach, Mark Simone, diving in here. Uh, for the absent Holly Custis, for Mackenzie Brooks, Nate Ward, Oscar Lopez here telling you we'll be here for 4.06. Exciting NFL playoffs this weekend, so don't miss it. Go to Monkey Night Fight, play the more or less format. Get your $5 free play. NJF is your code. So go to monkeyknife5.com. So have a great night, everybody.
Fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.